Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you want to show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a restored radiance coaching for the ambitious introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expat and fellow introvert. Heather aims to help ambitious introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Before we get started, here's a quick note from Heather. Welcome, welcome, ambitious introvert soul. I'm so happy to have you here on the Find Your Focus podcast. These podcast episodes are crafted with love for you every single week, and I hope this content serves you and recharges you. Now, a couple of quick notes before we begin. I uh, record these uh, podcasts in my home here in Washington, D.C. I live about a mile away from the White House, so you're going to enjoy all the, the sounds of my neighborhood from time to time. And it'll just feel like you're joining me on the couch, and we are diving in deep on great combos with our tea and coffee in hand. So welcome to my home. Also, I'm all about the authentic conversations. And so I want people to feel that they can express themselves, their true selves here. So there will be explicit language from time to time. So keep that in mind um, when you are listening to these. Another note, I refer to women. Now, this is a safe and welcoming place. And I want anyone who feels, who identifies as a woman um, to feel welcome here. And of course, if you don't, identify as a woman, you are also welcome here, but it's primarily for those um, lovely souls who identify as women and ambitious introverts. So with that in mind, let's jump into our next episode. Lots of love. Here is your host. Hey ladies, this is Heather, your host of Find Your Focus podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. The podcast itself is all about and geared to you, the ambitious introverted woman. And I went in a place where you could recharge your energy, um, reflect on how you show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life, and what you can do to up-level in your life and go after those new goals and dreams that you have. So a little bit about me, um, I will be joining you every Tuesday with a fresh um, episode of the podcast. You'll either hear from me directly sharing my thoughts and experiences um, throughout the, my own life and my own travels, or you'll hear from people that I know or have met um, around the world and are doing amazing things, either supporting introverted women or are introverted that women themselves and are doing amazing things that are going against the grain in an extroverted society. So a little bit about me. I am a women's leadership and transitions coach. I'm 
the founder of A Restored Radiance Coaching for Ambitious Introverted Women. And I'm an international communicator and marketer, a world traveler, a, despite my accent, UK expat, and fellow introvert. So one of the biggest questions I get is, why did I buy a one-way plane ticket to Scotland at the age of 22? And it really kind of started um, in my teens when Princess Diana died. I slightly became obsessed about the British monarchy and why the world was kind of going, you know, was kind of obsessed about this woman and why, you know, I wanted to know what the fuss was. And through that, it kind of dived into this really interesting world of just different views and a culture that was very similar to the States, but slightly different. And it was very close to all these really interesting European countries. And yeah, it kind of just developed from there. And when I went to college, I knew I wanted to go to the UK and work in the UK at some point. And so I took this opportunity with one of my besties to um, travel abroad to Wales, which is a country that's part of the United Kingdom, and live there for three months and do an internship at uh, the Welsh Assembly, which is part of the UK overall UK government. Um, it was an amazing experience. I myself had never pl- um, been on a plane before. So at, I believe I was 20 or 21, I, that was my first plane ticket um, and flight. I flew over um, in January, um, slightly bumpy turbulence over Greenland, and landed in London. Thank God I had my best friend with me because that was pretty scary. Um, myself, I kind of grew up in a very um, working class family, and we were able to do road trips from time to time, but we were a family of five on a working class budget, and we had to be very resourceful. So it was mainly road trips around the mid, uh, the Midwest, where I am from, and, and maybe some school trips around the East Coast and the South. So jumping into the UK as a 21-year-old was so exciting, and I, I really was so grateful for the opportunity and the love and support my family gave me to be able to do this. And during those three months in that internship, I traveled around Europe and developed some friendships with um, my Welsh colleagues. And I really knew in that moment that my random, weird 13-year-old self, my goal and my dream at 13 actually was still very relevant and true as a 21-year-old woman. And so I remember coming back um, in March and really not wanting to leave the UK. I was really, really sad. And I ended up actually being really slightly down and not quite depressed, but definitely a bit sad to have left. And so I spent the summer between my junior and senior year really plotting (laughs) to leave the country and figuring out how I could do that. Um, I didn't have dual citizenship. I, none, no one I knew really lived in the UK other than a couple of um, friends I had met during those three months abroad. And 
So I researched UK immigration law. I looked on forums. I looked, uh, started reading stories um, and books from other expats who had either lived abroad in the UK or Europe. And I just spent the whole summer scouring and trying to figure out how this was going to work. I even remember reading how to use appliances in, um, in the UK and just like, it got kind of cray cray, but, um, yeah, so I kind of, um, put that aside when school started in that senior year. And I got really focused on obviously completing my, my bachelor's in journalism. And, and then I kind of forgot about that, um, dream or rather I didn't forget about it. To be honest, I thought that it was too out of my reach. I thought that people would judge me for wanting to perhaps leave um, the country or go down an avenue that I found was an option to to work in the UK, and that would have been to get a master's degree. And so I thought, oh, you know, I'm from a working class family, taking more loans out to live abroad and spend another year in school, I'm going to get so much judgment from those who know me and wondering and thinking, am I lazy? Am I trying to hide from hard work? Because as um, someone from the Midwest and from working class background, um, working hard and not being lazy is definitely a story and something that we have been told, um, you know, to not go towards. It's all about hard work. It's perseverance. It's striving. It's making things work. And I was telling myself because I would have been the first person in my family to get a master's, um, that it was irrelevant. It was, um, a luxury. It was not going to help with anything. And so I put that, that thought off to the side and I started to go through my senior year and the more I looked at jobs in Washington, D.C., in Chicago, in New York, um, in California, I started to really realize that none of them were of interest to me. And my heart was really aching to go back to the U.K. And I, I remember holding off and holding off. And then I immediately at one point in early spring, uh, right before I was about to graduate, about three months before I was about to graduate, I spoke to my mom and I kind of let it slip that I didn't really want to be looking for a job, um, in the U S and my, my bestie and my flatmate at the time, she had just gotten this amazing job in Chicago and I knew she was leaving, heading to Chicago and, I was feeling really low because I didn't have an American dream. I didn't have a goal or an idea of where I wanted to go because really I was ignoring my heart and my own dreams, which were slightly different from what everyone I knew was doing. And that was scary because I didn't have any role models at that time who were doing what I, I knew in my heart I wanted to do. And Thank God for my mom and her, um, great listening skills. You know, she didn't have any expectations for me. And she, she just looked at me and said, if that's what you want, Heather, go for it. 
no one's going to judge you. And if they do, that's, it's not irrelevant to your life. You need to do what makes you happy. That is when I made the choice at the very last minute to apply to two universities. I got accepted to both of them and decided to choose Edinburgh, Scotland, um, because I had loved that city when I visited there for a um, a very hot second. It was a long weekend in a very cold January when I had visited there the year previous. And I absolutely loved the city. It was very rich in history. It was very old and beautiful and small. And when you walk up into the Royal Mile, it's just like this tangled web of alleyways that don't necessarily lead you into the areas that you think you're going to go into. So as an American who was brought up on the grid system of the roads here in, in North America, it was so fun to be able to be getting lost in this beautiful city. So I, I decided to um, uh, apply there, and they accepted. And I knew by, I believe it was March, it must have been April or May of that year, right before I was graduating, that I was doing my master's at Edinburgh University, and I would be booking a one-way plane ticket the end of that summer. And I was super excited and super terrified all at once. So I spent the summer saving up money for the plane ticket and a little bit of money before my student loans kicked in um, to let me live there. It was an amazing experience. I remember touching down in Scotland with my two suitcases weighing 50 pounds each. I had all that I needed for a year plus because I had planned to be able to stay after. Um, my goal was to really be able to work in the UK and receiving a master's in the UK was the avenue, was the, the gateway to allow me to have that dream. And there I was completely at home in some ways because I was achieving and working toward a dream that I'd had for nearly a decade at that time. And in other ways, it was absolutely terrifying because I had developed a bit of an identity of who I was at that time and how I was able to relate to people. And here I was arriving in the UK and I was meeting amazing people from around the world and in Scotland. And there were different cultures and different personalities um, that were coming from different people's backgrounds. So I was having to have a crash course in learning how to adapt and learning how to communicate with other people from different cultures because I grew up in a very um, bland <laughs> but loving um, Midwestern town and hadn't, prior to living in Europe for a very short time, hadn't really had that much um, diverse experiences. So this was a real challenge to me. Um, first, it was understanding the Scottish um, accent, which you will from time to time on this podcast hear a few of my wonderful um, friends who will share their own stories, and you will get a slight taste of more of the, the subtle Scottish accent um, from time to time. So you'll see kind of how um, <laughs> difficult that might be to understand. So I spent, I remember spending about six months 
trying to listen to people and really understand the accent and having no clue. And I would ask them to repeat themselves two or three times. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my Midwestern sensibilities, like I want them to feel comfortable, but I cannot understand them or what they're trying to communicate. And if we were in a nightclub or a bar and it was loud and they were, they were a little soft-spoken, there was no way I was going to hear their accent and understand. So I just kind of did a little bobblehead yes and thought, well, I hope I'm not agreeing to anything absurd. And slowly but surely, I was understanding the accent. On top of that, um, the the British culture, which I'm sure you're not, and most people will, will know of from either pop culture or movies, the British culture itself is more reserved than the American culture. And I would say that the biggest difference between Brits and Americans, and this goes for Scots as well, is that the Brits are polite, but not necessarily friendly. And the Americans are friendly, but not necessarily polite. So what that meant for me was I remember being very friendly and approachable because that's how you communicate in the States and you're very warm and and engaging and welcoming to people um, at the very beginning. Whereas Brits are a bit more reserved. They 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 will be polite to you, but they might, they're not going to necessarily allow you into your, into their inner circle. They're going to be more protective of their energy and their time and really slowly watch you and see if your personality is consistent over a period of time, which is pretty healthy, right? They're protecting their energy and their boundaries, and they're not wanting to invest into relationships until they really see your authentic self over a period of time. But as an American who's, who went there and didn't have friends, it was, it was hard. It, I used to joke with my friends during that six month transition period that I must have lost my personality somewhere over the Atlantic and it drowned because I remember trying to use, you know, sharing the stories I had always done or interacting in ways that I had always done that would result in dear loyal friendships I still have today. But when I applied those same tactics um, in the UK, they weren't necessarily working. And so it was a, it was definitely hard and it challenged me in different ways, but saying that it was totally worth it. And it's just a way that you can adapt and really figure out what works for your personality, but also what works for others as well. And giving them a little bit of grace and permission to, to see you in yourself over a period of time, but also for you to really be yourself and continue to be stand up as the authentic person you are. Another issue was um, the immigration rules. They were definitely a hurdle. And so it was something that throughout my time there in Scotland, I would spend every two to three years reviewing UK immigration rules that would change depending on the political party in power at the time. And during this time over the last decade, you won't be surprised given what is currently kind of going on in a lot of the Western world was this aversion to immigration and it was affecting 
opportunities that I was having as well. And so I really had to fight in a lot of different ways to be able to have the opportunities that I had. I would spend every two to three years not knowing if I was going to be able to continue the life I had worked so hard to create in the UK. It really pushed me in a way to actually try to acknowledge that I, I couldn't just chill out and enjoy like watching Netflix after work. I really had to be clear about what sort of job I wanted, what sort of, what was the salary I needed to stay in the country so that they didn't kick me out, who were the organizations in Edinburgh that could sponsor me, that wanted to sponsor immigrants because I had to compete against the UK citizens as well as the EU citizens at that time and prove that I was more qualified than two groups of people. So it made it extremely challenging. But saying that, it's important that whenever there's a goal of yours, if it's something that you truly are lit up about, that in your gut, you know it to be true. It is something that in your gut, you feel expansive about, you feel excited. Yes, there might be fear in there because fear is never going to go away. Even if you've achieved everything in your life, it's not going to go away. That is completely human. But under it's understanding what's underneath that fear. Is that fear expansive, rich, joyful, excited, or is it restrictive and anxiety-inducing and stress-inducing and really sticky and it's something underneath that fear is telling you there is no way that you really truly want that. Listening to that gut reaction and those gut feelings is so important. So that's what I did when I was working through the immigration rules and laws and trying to navigate work visa upon work visa. I would always come back to that feeling and check in and say, is this still a dream of mine? Is this, does this feel right? And at that time it did. And I was so very excited about that and worked so very hard. I have so many white hairs to prove the amount of stress that I went through, but it was absolutely so worth it because despite the stress of the immigration, I knew that I was bettering both my life. I was having a rich community of amazing people um, in Edinburgh who were able to show me different insights that I never would have gotten. Um, being in Ohio, it broadened my, my own experiences by being able to travel around Europe, enjoying the UK government's um, generous uh, holiday, aka vacation package, where you get 28 days at least um, off a year. And there were so many perks to living abroad and um, traveling and being able to enjoy those experiences. And being from a family, from a working class background, I knew how hard my both my parents worked and my extended family worked to have a life of theirs. And I did not take that for granted in the least to be able to 
travel to places that most of my family hadn't been, to really soak it up and, and be there almost as a representative of my family. So yes, that's a little bit about my time in Scotland. And also a little teaching lesson for yourself. Um, is there a dream of yours that perhaps you have been hiding uh, either out of fear because it's something you don't want to admit to yourself or you don't want to admit to others because there may be expectations that you think family or friends may have of yours. If that is the case, I would really encourage you to ask yourself whether these expectations have been defined by your family or friends or whether they have been are there expectations that you believe to be true, but aren't actually facts? Often we, we put these expectations or we assume these expectations our family and friends have, and they're really not true. At the end of the day, and in some families, you're, we're lucky enough to have family members who want us to be truly happy. In others, yes, of course, there may be challenges um, and expectations from our families. But at the end of the day, it is your life. So there was this nurse, and she wrote this book about the top five regrets of the dying. And these were the regrets that whenever she would be with people um, at their bedside before they were dying, when they couldn't do any more work other and support and care other than making them feel safe and comfortable in their last moments. They would say that these were the five regrets before they left this world. One was, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I want you to really listen to that. And when you hear that, I'm going to repeat it again. I want you to ask yourself what's coming up for you when you hear those words. What is giving you a whisper in your soul and encouraging you to kind of follow that whisper? So this regret is, I'm going to read it again, and I want you to listen to that whisper inside. What is your intuition telling you when I say this regret? I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. What do you know to be true? What do you wish you had the courage to do right now? What's the one thing that you've been hiding because you didn't think it was possible? See, this is the thing that probably brings you joy and excitement and passion, but there might be some fear that is stopping you right now to go after that dream. I want you to know that your dream isn't impossible. It might seem impossible right now because there's so many steps to get you there and you're not sure where to start. But the thing is, is that when you take small, consistent steps working toward that big dream, it becomes more realistic. It, the overwhelm that you thought you had or you were experiencing starts to release and evaporate because you are taking consistent, small actions and you're building towards your dream you will make it work. You are so much more resourceful than you know right now. And the people that you have in your life, you probably have some amazing, loyal, 
wonderful people who are your VPI circle. These are the people who would be able to support you, whether that be encouragement or support you with connections to help you on your journey for this dream. There are opportunities out there. Please don't let that fear control the outcome of your dream because I can promise you that the feeling you get when you move past that fear and you land and you work toward that dream, it is so much more richer than you'd ever imagine. When I got on that one-way plane ticket to Scotland from Ohio at the age of 22 with my two suitcases and I was reading a, a letter that my mom had wrote me while we took off and absolutely sobbing, <laughs> saying goodbye to one life that I knew that was comfortable for me, that I knew what to expect, and heading into and jumping into a life that I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what was going to wait for me on the other side. And I can absolutely say that you will land on your feet. In fact, what will be waiting for you at the other side of fear is going to be richer than you ever imagined. It's going to be beautiful in depth. It will, of course, there will be the balances for, with all the good. There will be there will be pain. There'll be challenges. There'll be stress. There'll be frustration. But you would have had that anyway, darling. You would have had that right now in the life that you are currently living. But if you're jumping into the unknown and jumping towards your fear, what will be also be there will be this rich sense of joy, of peace, of comfort, of excitement, because you are going, you are following the dream. You are following something in your gut that is telling you this is who you are. This is part of your authentic self and you are answering that call. So lovely, I want to encourage you to just feel into what you may be hiding, what may be bringing you fear right now. Is there a choice um, that you are contemplating right now and unsure of what to do? I have been there more times than you'd imagine, and I'll share them here on this podcast with you because I do not want you to feel alone. You are not alone. This is a very human feeling, a very human experience. We all feel this. And the, one of the, the goals of this podcast, I want you to know how many people go through the exact same feelings that you do. Those awkward, sticky, icky feelings that you may have through the, these life transitions of yourself and right before you're up-leveling into your next exciting goal. These are normal, but you can also work through these and find coping me mechanisms and and tools to get you through these awkward moments. And I want this podcast to be part of your, your weekly ritual. I want it to be filling you with motivation and inspiration to support you on your journey and your life transition as you find your focus, your life's purpose, and you really listen to your own intuition and you trust yourself completely. Because when you do that, there is something so powerful and so wonderfully comforting and peaceful about that. You are reducing the noise of others. You are canceling that out, their worries, their own stress, their own experiences, building into their own expectations for you. You are saying, that does not define me. I define myself and I follow my own gut. 
I follow and I trust my, uh, myself to, to land on my feet and to create a beautiful life that's even better than I could have imagined. And that is my wish for you, my love. I cannot wait to hear about all the dreams that you are planning. I want you to send me a DM or message me on um, Instagram. You can find me at a restored radiance on Instagram. I'd love for you to share with me your own goals and, and perhaps share with me your own fears because we are the one and the same and I have been there and I'm currently there as I did another um, transatlantic move. I will share with you that at a later point, part two maybe. But right now I stand here as a person that despite the fears, despite knowing no one in another country, in another continent, and a girl from a working class family with not much um, and not many opportunities or not many um, contacts and not much finances, I made it work. I jumped into the unknown. I, despite all the immigration issues, I was able to get UK citizenship. So I'm also a dual citizen. And I stand here before you now working in another dream in another country. And my love, you can do it. I fully trust and believe in you. So I cannot wait to hear your stories. I can't wait to share with you more stories here on the podcast. And I send you all my love this week. I want you to remember that your perceived introverted weaknesses are actually your powerhouse. So girl, go out and get them. Lots of love. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully I gave you the boost you needed to start your week. If it did, it would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message. Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.